Hello, friends. It is me, Flip. It is just me, Flip. There's nobody else with me today. <sighs> but it's okay, because I have two murders to cover for our Crushed and Pressed midweek episode. Two murders to cover from 1969 and a whole bottle of Malibu rum for me to finish with my, um, what is this? My Starbucks lemonade refresher. So, in case you guys are wondering, and is, of course, stuck in her rehearsal today. And I have no idea where Cass is. And Joey is out of town. So, it's just me here, chilling, living. If you guys are wondering, today we are going to be covering Raina Marquin and Betsy Ardsma, which will be super duper fun. Uh, Betsy Ardsma has a lot of theories that might link her to some of our more famous serial killers. And Raina Marquin is a pretty um, intense story. So I'm going to give you guys just a couple more minutes to hop on in and then I will get started. But first, I'm just going to pour my Malibu into my strawberry refresher. I don't really even like rum, but hey, it was what was readily available to me. And I'm off from work tomorrow, so what difference does it make, right? I have had a super duper long week between transports and just other stuff that's going on. So why the heck not? Okay, just a heads up to you guys. Strawberry acai lemonade refresher and Malibu rum is actually fucking fantastic. I enjoy this. Okay, guys, I guess we'll start with Raina Marquin. Um, this is actually some research that Ange did because we were planning on doing this together. But alas, she is not here. So let me begin. Raina Marquin. Um, in case you guys don't know, really interesting case. We are going to talk about towards the end of this, how her murder, how her body was found. Um, unfortunately, because of the time frame, as we said in our, um, first episode where of this season, where we kind of talked about the history of 1969, but because of this time frame. Um, her murder is still unfortunately unsolved. So let's jump in. On September 2nd, 1999 in Jericho, New York, Ronald Cohen had been moving his personal effects out of the mid-century modern split level home that he had just bought when he noticed that not all of his trash had been picked up. Among his trash, there was a large, grimy, rust, rusty black 55 gallon drum with faded chem chemical labels and an imposing weight of 350 pounds. A note affixed to the barrel stated that it was too heavy to move and would need special pickup arranged due to its weight and the chemical markings. Cohen, of course, now frustrated, pries open the barrel and he was overcome by a horrific stench. Inside, he finds a withered, leathery hand and a 1960s ladies-style high-heeled shoe surrounded by heaping amounts of granular material, all coated in this viscous greenish chemical liquid. 
Cohen calls 911. And oh, hey, it's Cassidy's here. <laughs> he calls 911, and the barrel was transported to the Nassau County Coroner's Office for forensic examination. Upon forensic examination, Nassau, Nassau County Coroner Gerald Cantis determines that the body was that of a Latina in her mid to late 20s between 145 and 152 centimeters, which is 4'9 and 5 feet, with a petite build and unusually unusual dental work characteristics of South America. Hello, friend. Other items inside the barrel included roughly 250 pounds of polycystrine pellets, a pocketbook with make with a makeup kit, an address book, and a wallet with a business card for a by then long retired physician in Hoboken, New Jersey, a plastic flower stem with leaves, and a quantity of green dye and decomposition fluids. Hello, Cassidy. Hello. Where you been, Fred? <laughs> Feeding the kitties. Feeding the kitties. Cassidy is lonely as well, but she's here. I have a lot of cats. <laughs> a lot, yes. Um, the remains were thoroughly mummified and uh, had no organs or bod- body fluids left to speak of. And she was dressed in 1960s style clothing and jewelry, including a Roman Catholic scrapular two rings, one inscribed MHR, and a locket inscribed to Patrice Love Uncle Phil. Who is that? Okay. They were shocked to find that the unidentified victim was pregnant with a full-term baby boy. The barrel was determined to have been manufactured in 1965 by Ream Container in Linden, New Jersey, and shipped to the General Anline and Film Company, dye plant in the same city. For use for transport of halogen green dye, which made for plastics, made for the plastics industry, and discontinued by General Airlines Co. Pigments Division in 1979, and to have been sold to a defunct synthetic floral and greenery manufacturer based in Manhattan called Melrose Plastics. Upon further investigation, Melrose Practice. Plastics was part owned by the same man who owned the home where the barrel was found in the 1960s, Howard B. Elkins. <laughs> Elkins owned the Jericho home from when it was first constructed in 1957 to 1972 and naturally became the prime suspect. Several tips came in about Elkins having an affair with a much younger Latina with wh- whom he was employed at the plastics factory as well as about the source of the barrels and what their original contents were used for. And Nassau County police homicide detectives determined that Elkins was now retired and living in Boca Raton, Florida. Detectives flew to Boca Raton to interview Elkins, who was uncooperative, dishonest, and ultimately asked the detectives to leave when his telephone rang. Before leaving, detectives informed Elkins that they were going to obtain a warrant match his DNA to the DNA of the fetus inside the unidentified victim and arrest him for murder and bring him back to Nassau County. Raina Marquin was an immigrant from El Salvador who sought a new life after leaving her unfaithful husband. She settled in New York where she was employed at a plastic flower making company. Howard Elkins, the owner of the company, began an affair with Raina Marquin. 
she became pregnant and it's believed that she was killed due to her confession to his wife. Elkins placed her body in the barrel with likely intent to dump it into the ocean where it would have never been recovered. He miscalculated the weight of the barrel, which was too heavy to move from his basement. And this led him to inch the barrel into a corner in the crawl space. Since he, he had since moved and when the remains were found, when confronted by the police at his Florida residence, Elkins shot himself. DNA testing concluded that the unborn son of Reno carried was more than likely his child. Just, just spilling stuff. Into my cup. <laughs> so the detectives who interviewed Elkins found, and found him uncooperative um, found him the next day, September 10th, 1999, dead in the backseat of his car from, inself, from a self-inflicted gunshot wound from a 12-gauge Mossberg 500-pump-action shotgun that he purchased at Walmart that day investigators believe that elkins either went to maraquin's new jersey apartment or lured her into the factory and killed her and then took her body to the nassau county house possibly with the intention of dumping her into the ocean from his boat after filling the barrel with plastic pellets to ensure it would sink he then found that it was too heavy and just left it in the crawl space Writer Oscar Corral went to San Martin, San Salvador, where Maraquin's 95-year-old mother told him that she had dreamt about Maraquin being trapped inside a barrel. She was buried in El Salvador, and her mother died a month later and was buried with her. It's a really sad case. It was really sad. Super duper sad. Not as sad as the Girl Scouts. Not as sad as the Girl Scouts. That's like Cassidy's favorite episode of ours. It really messed me up. <laughs> it stuck with me. So, before I move on to our next case of the evening, I just want to remind you guys to follow us on all of our social media. They are always down below me right here. We are at Crush and Pressed basically on everything um we are on discord if you guys need the discord link just let me know that's where we put up all of the information from our cases images and all of our evidence for hunt a killer on instagram where we kind of just post random updates about what we're doing sometimes just random photos might be a photo of angie eating some food who knows that wouldn't be so bad sometimes it is like that <laughs> and chilling with her cat you know real life stuff on Facebook, where we post updates about literally everything that we do, and you guys will find updates about episodes, fun little games, fun little posts, little videos that we do every once in a while. And, of course, on Twitter, where you just kind of chat with me about stuff. So if you have fun stuff to send us on Twitter, do it. Go follow us now. Right now. I don't know if they did it. Right now. <laughs> And then, of course, be sure to subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher listening stations, I guess. I don't know. I'm always trying to find a word for that. And nobody has helped me yet. But we are on... Podcaster listening stations? Yeah, sure, that works. Podcast listening stations. Podcasts. No, but... No, but the thing that they listen to you on... I don't, I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. Somebody says that they're called podcatchers. I I don't know. Patchers. Patchers. 
But we are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker. Are we on Stitcher yet? I think we're on Stitcher now. I don't know. But we're on all those places. Of course, most popular is going to be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and what's the other one? Spotify. Apple. Guys, I have Apple stock, so I'm going to need y'all to all... Use Apple? Use Apple. No. Buy Apple, use Apple, live Apple, breathe Apple. <gasps> Eat Apple. Keeps the doctor away. Yes. If y'all don't have insurance... Oh, Joey says you're too far away. <laughs> anyway, Cassidy was just telling us, no. Oh, that's Joey. I was like, I didn't say that. Oh, Anchor. We're on Anchor. I was like, I did not say that. Who said that? Spooky. Um, anyway, you guys, let's get back to our stories. I am, oh, it is from Joey. Okay. Um, yeah, it said pot, crushed and pressed podcast. So I was like, what is that? Hi, mom. Paula. Polar. Polar. Hello. So. In the afternoon of November 28th, 1969, 22-year-old Betsy Arzma had returned to Penn State early from her Thanksgiving break to get some research done for an English paper. She walked into the library on campus around 4 p.m. with her roommate, Sharon. I can't use my own account, but that is your own account. Now I'm seeing that it's you. I'm confused in my brain. (laughs) What is you doing? Now I can. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, she walked into the library on campus around 4 p.m. with her roommate, Sharon. And while she and her roommate were in the library, they parted ways and Betsy headed to the basement to check on some books and then back up to the second floor. While Betsy was sorting with sorting through books, she was brutally murdered. She was stabbed in the left breast with a hunting knife. What which book was she reading? She wasn't reading any books. She was just sorting through them. <laughs> um, she was stabbed in the left breast with a hunting knife, which punctured her pulmonary artery and the right ventricle of her heart. The killer then pulled the knife out of her chest and simply walked out of the library. No one in the library reported hearing Betsy scream, and there were no defensive wounds on her body. So it's safe to say that Betsy didn't see her killer or she knew them personally. Betsy's body was discovered by another student who spotted her next to a pile of books that were scattered on the floor. When first responders arrived, they believed that her death was an accident, possibly that she'd had a seizure and hit her head and she bit her tongue during the seizure, which caused all of the blood. It wasn't until she arrived at the medical center on campus that doctors noticed a one inch wide, three inch deep stab wound in her her chest because her red dress had completely camouflaged the wound during their initial response. It was later discovered. Oh, that was just it was later discovered that Betsy had died within five to ten minutes of her attack. And unfortunately, her body was discovered 15 minutes after her attack. An examination determined that Betsy had not been sexually assaulted and it was surmised that her killer likely grabbed her from behind and she was killed by somebody with a great deal of strength due to how deep the wound was. Now, 
there are many theories behind Betsy's murders, and of course, some of them involve our more famous serial killers. Bundy. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> Obviously. It's very Bundy-esque. Right? Um, there, there, there's the stranger theory at first. Um, there were about 90 students in the library at the time of Betsy's murder, and witnesses report seeing a man fleeing the library. Um, and as he was running out of the library, he stopped to say, somebody better help that girl. Betsy's murder is mainly unsolved due to the mistakes on the scene. Campus patrol failed to secure the scene. Students and faculty were just stepping through the scene. And there was even a janitor who was cleaning up some urine next to the scene who continued to move evidence around. Many people believe that it's possible. Did you ever notice that in the 60s, nobody gave a shit? They really just did not care. <laughs> About anything. <laughs> oh, this person got stabbed in the face. You better just mop up this. <laughs> I know my boss really wants this place clean. <laughs> Swip, swap, straight. Um, <laughs> many people believe that it's possible that the killer could have just left the library after spotting her at an opportunistic time and just murdering her there, but that's actually pretty unlikely. People aren't just like, oh, look at you. <laughs> Someone did a murdering. I'm going to go read this book now. Um, <laughs> I'm actually in the middle of Shakespeare. Can yeah, you leave me you alone? not do this right now? Um, yeah, that's the most pretentious book you can think of. Um, this is actually a tale of two cities. If you could just step away. <laughs> like, this is Jane Austen. <laughs> can you... <laughs> No. Don't damage these pages. This is a uh, first edition. Yeah, this is the first edition. <laughs> Please don't damage the page. Um, Betsy's boyfriend at the time, who was also her high school sweetheart, David L. Wright, um, he cared for Betsy deeply. As a matter of fact, she followed what? him to Penn State. He stated that he was even planning on giving her an engagement ring at Christmas. David claims that the last time he saw Betsy was on the evening of November 27th after dinner with some of his classmates. He drove her to the bus depot so that she could return back to school. Significant others and spouses are like always people of interest Crimes when of someone is murdered. But David was actually genuinely distraught and he explained that he always wondered what would have happened if Betsy had just stayed the weekend with him. And what kind of life they would have built together. She probably would have found out that he was cheating on her. He wasn't. How do you know? Because he would have reported it. Um, it didn't have anything to do with anything. Sure it did. Um, his, he was, of course, interrogated numerous times by the police. And his alibi was that he was um, studying with some friends. He was a med student. And he and his friends, after dinner had gone to a study session. The reason why she didn't stay was because she didn't want to be left at his apartment alone. But now, in hindsight, it's just a really unfortunate circumstance. A child molester. A child molester. It's like a play. Mm-hmm. Stage left. A yeah, child molester. A child molester, yes. <laughs> Richard Hafner is the favorite suspect of many detectives and members of the police force at the time. He attended Penn State at the same time as Betsy. He lived in the same dorm 
And he was said to have a hot temper and was extremely violent towards women. And he loved young women. No, actually. He was investigated numerous times for sexually assaulting young boys. And the theory goes that Betsy had either befriended Richard or even that they had possibly gone on a few dates. In, In 1969... Even though people have like a steady boyfriend that they see, yeah, she did. She wasn't really into his thirst for young men. (laughs) Even though people have like a steady boyfriend that they see in this time frame, it's pretty common at this point for like people to be going on dates with like multiple people. It's college, yeah. So it's pretty normal for them. Let's all pretend we haven't been in college. (laughs) Okay. Um. So. Betsy reportedly stopped seeing Richard and told all of her friends and family that he was frightening, like he's a big creep. And it was reported that Richard was very upset after her death, and he even talked about her death before it was ever mentioned in the newspapers. There was an advisor that Richard confided in, and apparently that advisor waited years to report this information to his supervisor. And then once it was reported, the university failed to report that to the police. Many people believe that there's a strong resemblance between Richard and the unidentified man who was seen fleeing the scene, and his relationship with Betsy always points suspicion towards him, but the police lacked any physical evidence linking him to the murder, and he died of a heart attack in 2002, many people believing that he got away with murder. And of course, even if they did have any physical evidence to link him to the scene, it wouldn't really matter anyway, because the scene was completely contaminated by every idiot who walked through blood. It's also a little sus that, like, the college covered it up. I mean, like, I get it. They want to save their reputation, but in the same token, was this kid, like, an honor student? No, he was a creep. He was an English major and a creep. Like, I didn't ask if he was a creep. I asked <laughs> if he was, like, a good student. No, he was an English major and a creep. Like, he just lived in the same dorm. Well, just... you had me an English major. You didn't have to say creep. It's <laughs> implied. Um... For some reason, Zodiac enthusiasts have somehow linked the Zodiac killer to Betsy's murder. I, I don't know. Um, there was reportedly a confession Same letter. Same with Ted Cruz. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. <laughs> Wait, um, was Betsy's killer Ted Cruz? It might have been. Wait, can we solve this right no, now? No, <laughs> it's not the Zodiac. Um, there was reportedly some chilling confession letter that was mailed in 78 from the Zodiac that began with, this is the Zodiac speaking and I am back with you. Um, They basically managed to link her killing to the Riverside knife slaying of Sherry Jo Bates. And we'll cover that later in the season, but her murder really doesn't fit the Zodiac MO. Like killing in large public places is not, is not what he did. (laughs) So there's a theory behind a professor. I mean, it, seems, it definitely seems more Bundy-esque. It, we'll get there. <laughs> there is a professor um, named Robert G. Durge, who police spent a considerable amount of time investigating, but they eventually cleared him. Durge, who was 27, died in a car crash near Lansing, Michigan, about three weeks after Betsy was killed. Um, He had come to Penn State from the University of Michigan as an English instructor in the fall of 1969, the exact same time that Betsy started. He was a teaching assistant in in English at Michigan when Ardsma was there. 
it is conceivable that she pop that she was a student in his class but confidentiality reviews rules prevent anybody looking at any relevant records that would have proved this Martha Durgy, his widow, defended her husband's reputation, saying that he was troubled by demons and he had a long history of depression, suicide attempts, and hospitalizations. She confirmed that her husband was from Michigan and that both he and Ardsma were English scholars and that he and his family left Penn State the day before the murder. Um, Durgy said that obviously there was a curiosity about all of those coincidences and parallel lines, I have certainly never heard her name. She wasn't an important person or even a familiar person in our lives. Martha Durgi said her husband committed suicide when his car crashed into a bridge on the night of December 19th, 1969. She blames stress over trying to finish his dissertation and his inability to carry out his teaching duties at Penn State. When he left the state college, he was on medical leave. <laughs> There's the drug dealer theory, which has a ton of different variations, and it's really kind of, like, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, there's one part of this theory that says that Ardsma witnessed a drug deal in the progress, and she was killed to keep her quiet. There was a theory that she was an undercover agent and that her parents were involved in law enforcement. And, of course, people who know her family said that they were absolutely not and her death. And they would never use a uh, law enforcement's child to do anything in law enforcement if they were not strange. themselves a law enforcement agent. I don't know. It's a very strange theory to me. Um, it's just it's, it's reaching. It is. Just, just pull that one right there. Um, and then there was a final drug dealer theory that the killer was a drug dealer from Philadelphia who had shown up on state police intelligence radar before the murder um but he was proved to be in philadelphia and ardsmer's friend phyllis wick vandenberg said two pennsylvania troopers came to interview her in washington dc after the killing and questioned her about a friend of ardsma at penn state who supposedly had ties to drug dealers police asked whether ardsma would have said something if she found out that her friend was involved in some kind of drug ring and she, would she have reported it? Would she have done something about it? And Vandenberg said, no, she would have kept her merry way and acted like she didn't see it. That's how it was for many college students in the 1960s when it came to casual drug use, live and let live. I mean, 60s. Yeah, it's it 1969. Come on. Same with 2020, man. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do drugs? I don't know shit. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's none of my business. Um, another really wild theory that gained attention because of what state police investigators and Mary Willard of Penn State found near where Ardsma was murdered was that she stumbled upon some kind of homosexual love affair um, or, or something. Hmm. So the late professor, then 71, a member of the university's chemistry faculty, um, often helped state police with lab work for crime scenes. And according to troopers Steimer and Jan Hoffmaster, Willard went with them to the stacks with a blacklight, which revealed the presence of human bodily fluids, including blood and semen. There was a lot of semen. Um, like my kind of crime scene. Troopers said there was literally semen everywhere. <laughs> Sorry. What a weird thing. 
sounds like my kind of crime scene. Um, Trooper Kent Berners said, I mean, there was a lot of that going on in the area. There was a lot of semen in the area. (laughs) (laughs) And Slimers said that there were 20 to 30 pornographic paperbacks found stuffed among the shelves in the area where Ardsma was stabbed. But you can't buy into that theory too deep. But they know it was something that was discussed. I don't don't know you guys I just I thought that was a great theory that we needed to talk about today all the semen all all the semen that was let's talk about all the semen everywhere (laughs) who knew this happened on a boat so many semen around all the semen yeah um (laughs) then we come to Ted Bundy who spent part of his youth in Philadelphia and attended Temple University in 1969 According to a 20th anniversary story about the Ardsma case in the Daily Collegian, the campus newspaper, people who have studied the case say that Bundy was driving along Interstate 80, but that was several weeks before the murder. And some investigators are still partial to the theory. There's some conjecture that Ted Bundy was responsible, so they kick that around, says Trooper Ron Tiger. Others have pointed out that Bundy, who was short, typically bludgeoned and then strangled his victims and raped them afterwards. And, of course, his victims were more often than not college women, but that was not unique to him. It's not like that was only his M.O. If he had to go for a crackhead, he'd go for a crackhead. Um, At least he had a system. Yeah, you know. I'm a Virgo, so I love a system. Honestly, <laughs> I the think, organized and organized crime. I think that she was probably just killed by Richard. It just seems weird that he would even bring up her murder before it was reported. Well, I mean, like, look at every other case like this. Like that dude that the one that's about to come on Netflix. The dude that killed his wife and their two young children. What's his name? Chris Watts. Whatever his name is. Whatever it was. She, like, came back from a business trip, and he's like, oh, she must have left me and taken the kids because she hates me. Shut the fuck up. And then, like, later, like, you know what I mean? There's always a story. And if you if you bring that story up within the first 48 hours, you're obviously guilty of murder. Yeah, it just seems strange that he would have even mentioned that to anybody before it was ever put out in the newspapers. Like, no one's even saying she's missing yet. Maybe she went on a vacation and just forgot to mention it. Maybe she's cheating. Oh, no, she's probably murdered. You yeah. probably murdered her. And, like, people, a lot of the students on campus that, that were interviewed reported that he was just distraught all the time about Betsy. Just, like, it's a little creepy, you guys. <laughs> like, his whole mood depended on her. Right, and like all of his behaviors, that he was violent towards women, that he had this alleged relationship with her. It makes me wonder if maybe, like... He did some murdering. He did some murdering. I don't know. I would think that, you know, if they did go on a couple of dates, maybe she had mentioned that her relationship with... What was his name? David? Her relationship with her boyfriend was probably getting more serious. And, you know, she broke it off because of that. Or even if maybe they were just friends, but he had, like, developed some kind of little crush on her. Well, I mean, like... We've all we've all been there, like somewhere between middle school and adulthood, where you've got like that male friend that just 
takes it too far. It's just really fucking pushy. Yeah. And just kind of like try to, to drive away all your boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah. But you're like, no, I'm not interested in you. I'm never going to yeah. be interested in you. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what it, like, you know, he's like an English student and like. That's enough said right He's there. He's like, oh, let's no, no, no. hang enough out. Said right or, there. like, English you know, student. let's study together. And, you know, he forms some kind of, like, little crush on her. And then. Let's study together. Do you like Edgar Allan Poe? That's my fave. Why are you talking about your roommate like that? <laughs> no, I'm saying male. <laughs> Why are you talking about your roommate like that? Male. <laughs> Rebecca's a woman. So you just go act like Case don't exist. Case does not give a shit about Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> or does he? He doesn't. Okay. Anyway, um, I think that's very possible. I think the... I, I enjoy the Zodiac theory because it's just like, why would you even say that? And... Well, it's like Ted Cruz. <laughs> it's just like, what? you can't just pull random ideas from... Honestly, Ted Cruz might be the person behind all of this. You never know. <laughs> if we go by the Zodiac theories. <laughs> Is the man immortal? Like, I don't know. Just like, just, he's like 50 something, but he's somehow immortal. he has pulled all of this off. And he ran for president. Right, right. I don't know, you guys. You you tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to watch this later and drop a comment, I will certainly answer you and, and tell you what I think and why your theory might be a little wild. Honestly, out of all the theories, aside from Zodiac, the the homosexual lover is just weird. But I guess it makes sense. People are loving us. We love you. Um, anyway. We're very popular. <laughs> um, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, you know what to do. Just, uh... Also... We're about to start some special, exciting shit. Yes. That is not going to be mentioned today, but we're going to drop the hint. Um, some, it's it's some spooky season shit. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It'll be fun. Yes. This is something fun. that I am passionate about. Spooky stuff. Spooky season shit, you guys. It's here. We are officially into spooky season. Well, today's the first day of Halloween. Yes, so. today is the first day of Halloween. Um, we are officially into spooky season. We have at least 31 more days to go. Mm-hmm. And there's some spooky, scary skeletons coming along. And I don't necessarily mean the ones that we talked about today that were found in... No, it'll be more gallon exciting drums. than that. <laughs> 50 gallon drums. It'll be more exciting than that. <laughs> All right, you guys, you know, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, leave them down below, or you can go ahead and, uh, I haven't said this in a long time, you guys can go ahead and slide into our DMs. And (laughs) as always, remember to like, follow, subscribe so that you get all of our updates. And please, 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 if you are listening to us on a podcatcher, that's what they are, podcatcher, go ahead and give us a rating. It helps us out, and it helps us know which information you guys like to hear about the most. And podcast us outside. How about that? Foolish. Foolish. All right, you guys. That is it for today. I'm sorry we didn't have a news update. I'll give you one on Sunday.
Mike, super sort show. Right. I'll give you one on on uh, Sunday if that's if that's what you want. But you know, be safe, be healthy, take care of yourselves, take care of other people. Wash your hands. Yeah, wash your freaking hands. Wash your buttholes. What? Don't be musty. Cassie. <laughs> I'm waiting for Joey's comment right now, but I'm going to leave that one alone. Um, Take care of yourselves. Take care of other people. Be kind to yourselves and be kind to one another's. And um, remember to be aware of your surroundings. You never know. Don't get murdered. A killer might be lurking behind the library shelf. All right, you guys. Don't go to the library. Don't read books. They'll kill you. don't, Don't tell them that. Peace out, Cub Scouts. Have a wonderful night.